Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Thursday, May 5th is the day, is the date. We are just a couple of days out from the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby. That's where we focus our attention on this episode of Best on the Board. Michael Beller here with you. This is our second Derby episode of the week. and go check out the previous one, just a few episodes back in the feed. We're going to take that and then spin things forward as we get closer and closer to the running of the Derby. Joining me to do that on this episode of Best in the Board is Cat Terrell. Cat, of course, covers the New Orleans Saints for us, but also a bit of a horse racing expert. So well, we're going to dive right into that level of expertise. Cat, what's going on? Not too much. Uh, I'm just looking forward to this race. Um, I was up until one in the morning last night handicapping it. Um, I guess as degenerates do. I mean, what better time to <laughs> handicap than one in the morning? Uh, yeah. so really excited about it. Uh, hoping this is the first normal derby in several years. The last three runnings have been a bit insane, to say at least. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is almost boring in comparison. So uh, boring is, I guess, exciting, actually, considering yeah. all that's happened. Yeah, right. And we're, we're talking about upheaval over the last couple of years. We will definitely, definitely take as big a heaping of boring as we can possibly get uh, in this uh, anything really for 2022, and certainly for the Derby. Uh, let's just let, let's first start off by just you know taking a, a wide angle lens view and talking about the horses at the top of the betting board. So we're just using the morning line odds and looking at the favorites here. Uh, the top three favorites, ones who have separated themselves at least as far as the morning line odds are concerned, Zandon. Epicenter and Messier Zandon is at three to one, the favorite on the morning line. Epicenter seven to two, Messier eight to one. Zandon also a very nice post draw, sitting in that ten spot, so right in the middle of the gate. Uh, what are your thoughts on these three horses uh, as you as you start or as you wrap up your capping and get your sights uh, pointed towards Saturday? Well, it's interesting. Every year I do this, this sort of color coded derby chart for myself, and now I post it on theathletic.com. Um, and, you know, each horse is either in green, which means they're my top horse, uh, gray, which means they could win, or, or red, which means they just probably have no shot of winning. Mm-hmm. And this year, I really don't have a lot of greens at all. I just keep coming back to the same horse, and, and that's Epicenter. I think he's a very worthy favorite. I understand also why Zandon is, is one of the favorites. He's the morning line favorite, could be the favorite going in to the actual betting and uh, Messier is the former Bob Baffert trainee. If you paid attention to the Derby at all in the last year, uh, you know what's going on with Bob Baffert. He has been uh-huh. suspended from Churchill Downs for two years, cannot train in the Derby, cannot run horses. Uh, someone just wrote an article that said, you know, his barn, um, which is usually a favorite for reporters, his barn is empty. Um, and so I say that to say, if you see an odd trainer name that you have not seen before, that is Bob Baffert's former trainer uh who trains messier now um so 
still a Baffert horse, just not a name. Um, and you can't bet against Baffert in the Derby, um, regardless of what happened last year uh, with Medina Spirit testing positive and being uh, for banned substance and being disqualified. I like Epicenter more than I like Zandon, and that's mm-hmm. comes down to pure running style. Uh, I don't like closers in the Derby. I used to, but the more you kind of look at the history of the Derby recently, the Derby is actually a speed-favoring race. I think a lot of people think, oh, um, you know, a closer has a good chance in a race. He's going to pick off tiring horses. Well, it's actually not really something that happens often. Uh, so the fact that Zandon is a closer and well, he does have a good post, um, but I think that that kind of puts me off him a little bit, but not too much. I still think he's super talented. Epicenter can go to the front, but he doesn't have to. Um, and then Messier, again, a backward horse. So he will probably be near the front. Um, he's never been worse than second in all his lifetime starts. So really those three makes total sense to me why they're at the top. Yeah, Epicenter running out of the third post, and then you've got one of the 10-to-1 horses. We have a couple of 10-to-1 horses, Mo Donegal and White Abario, and Mo Donegal right on the inside in the first post. How much stock are we putting into that, that uh, you've got Mo Donegal 10-to-1, Epicenter 7-to-2, both starting on the inside and maybe feeling a little bit of pressure early to get out in front so they're not trapped against the rail? Well, I had closers in the brain for a second. I thought when I was talking about Zandon, I was talking about Mo Donegal. Thankfully, I wasn't, but I'm looking at my chart right now. Uh, Modonical is a, it's kind of the same thing. I think that the dreaded number one post might not hurt him as much because he is a closer. Um, again, you know, if you don't really know the recent history of the Derby, the number one post actually is the post that's produced the most winners, but not in modern history, not since 1986 when Ferdinand won. And that's because when you have 20 horses trying to get out and a lot of them are trying to get to the front, the one on the rail often kind of gets crushed into the rail, and you know he's gonna have to he's gonna have to have everything go his way, pick through a lot of horses. It's gonna be a long shot, and yet I'm not willing to completely toss him. Usually, the number one is a complete toss. I will say, in terms of the one post, uh, this is a little insider baseball, I guess, but good. It might not be as bad because Churchill Downs in 2020 got a new starting gate mm-hmm. so it used to be they had a 14 stall starting gate there's a gap and then there's an auxiliary gate uh really made things difficult for not only the horse all the way on the outside but the horses on the inside so this 20 stall starting gate is supposed to alleviate some of that but since they debuted it they have not had a full derby field so there's kind of been more space for the horses to maneuver so i don't really know yet how that's going to change things um, so there's two closers on the inside and then epicenter who will probably tr- try to clear them and go to the front, but I think it can work, especially if those two closers drop back, um, probably would have been better if he had drawn another post, but Hey, at least he didn't get the, you know, unlucky number one. So if you, if you are, if you're playing epicenter, uh, I mean, by the time we get to the first turn, I mean, do you want to see him out in front? Is that what you're hoping for? If he's not out in front at that point, are you thinking, oh man, I might be ripping up this ticket right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. I would be worried. He doesn't have to have the lead. Usually in most of his races, he has been on the lead, but he has shown that he can rate. I don't think he will have the lead, but I would like to see him near the lead. I actually think one of the long shots is going to have the lead. I think it's classic Causeway that's probably going straight to the lead. 
you know, in, in modern derbies, since they started the point system, they used to just put horses in the race based on their amount of graded stakes wins. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of sprinters in the race that totally changed the pace of the race. So recently that hasn't really happened. I guess this point system has kept things a little more honest. But there are some horses in the race that probably could go to the front, get the lead, and then just fade away. Classic Causeway, a thirty-to-one horse on the morning line in the seventeenth post. Uh, let's uh, let's also mention Taiba here because Taiba is the last horse that is in that group of horses that are. Before we get to the twenty-to-one and thirty-to-ones, Taiba is at twelve-to-one, running out of the twelfth post position. What do you make of Taiba? Is this uh, a horse who you know referencing that green? One of my favorites. Gray definitely could be on the board. Red Tossin is Taiba a gray horse for you at that twelve-to-one uh, mark? He is a gray horse, and he he might end up being what's called the wise guy horse, you know, people who bet him that think they're smarter than everyone else. And, you know, maybe I'll be kind of laughing after this and saying, hey, you were right. I do think he's very talented. I do think that you're going to see uh, a lot from him in, I guess, the months to come. And, again, that is the other, you know, former whatever, Baffert horse. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that he has only raced twice. I just don't – I don't like it when I see that. I mean, horses are, are changing. Things are changing. But the fact remains is the last derby winner to win after only racing twice in his lifetime was in 1882. Uh, so it's wow. not a great streak <laughs> that you're looking at. And the reason I don't like that is because the derby is the furthest race, you know, these, these young horses have ever ran. It's the messiest race in terms of how many runners are around them. And then you you get to the Derby and all of a sudden there's a hundred thousand screaming people. Mm -hmm. And if the horse has the right temperament, that doesn't matter. Um, And maybe it doesn't matter with him, but it is a lot to ask uh, of a horse uh, when he hasn't raced much. So I'd make him gray. I think he has the talent. I think, you know, maybe he can be around. I just think it's a lot to ask that he's going to, to be a winner at this point. As about a familiar a face as you're going to see around the Kentucky Derby, other than you know, Bob Baffert, who we're not going to see, and Todd Pletcher, Mike Smith, riding Taiba, uh, the uh, oldest jockey in the field. So how much stock are we putting into the riders on these horses for this year? I, it's not... I, I don't often, like when it comes to the Derby, I don't always put a ton of stock into the jockeys just because a lot of these jockeys are all... Most of them are so talented. A lot of them have derby experience. I mean, usually, I will say, when I see Mike Smith on a horse, I tend to think that's a, that's a good horse because Mike Smith has gotten to this point in his Hall of Fame career that he can pick and choose his mounts. And, yeah, I don't think he's – I think he last won the derby on Justify, right? So that wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe he won on Giacomo as well. I mean, so Mike Smith has got the experience. If you, He's one of the best jockeys of all time if you want to go that angle. But – I wouldn't necessarily try to to bet the jockey angle in in this particular race. All right, Kat. We have uh, thrown out the term toss or tossing a few times on this episode for uh, some of our listeners who maybe aren't uh, that into horse racing. This just means horses that we're just throwing out, not even going to consider betting them. They're just out of of sight, out of mind. Who falls on your toss list for this uh, running of the Kentucky Derby? I actually think when you bet the Derby, it's the easiest way to to begin. You start with the horses that have no shot, and you kind of work your way up to the Mm -hmm. horses that have a shot. It it kind of um, 
makes it less intimidating considering there's 20 horses in the race. Um, okay, let's go through them. Um, actually, before I say that, I want to say the morning line this year is just it's really funny. <laughs> it always kind of is. I don't know if there's some mandate as to what um, they're allowed to do in this race, but the worst horse is 30 to 1, and there should be horses in this race that are 50 to 1. I mean, it's just like the the math of it. Even if you know nothing about the horse racing or gambling or whatever, I mean, I don't know why you'd be listening to this viewer, but but what like the, like there's no that this math does not check out at all. It, it never does. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe because it's the Derby, you're not trying to embarrass the connections. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know but you know, <laughs> I think if you're the connections and you enter a horse that's got their shot, and well, I mean, that's on you. But that's you know. Just my rant. Let's go through them. Uh, the number two horse, Happy Jack, did not race at two. He is only one at six furlongs. Uh, they're racing him with his blinkers off. Um, if he won, he would be a shocker. Um, he's another closer, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Summer is tomorrow. Number four horse, throwing him out. He came from the uh, UAE Derby, which has not yet been a successful transition to Derby winner. Um, and he was passed by the number seven horse, Crown Pride and Stretch. Um, he might actually be the horse that goes to the lead. Uh, just not a horse I like at this point in time. Uh, Smile Happy, uh, number five horse. Um, his sire, Run Happy, is a champion sprinter. I think he might be more suited to sprints, so I don't like him either. Uh, the number eight horse, Charge It. Um, Three months ago, he had never won a race and didn't race at two. So, again, that's another horse that I think could be – that is talented and could win races down the road. I think it's way too much to ask for him to win this particular race. Uh, Tis the Bomb, I went back and forth on this one. I uh, threw him out because most of his best races have come on either all-weather tracks or synthetic tracks. Uh, he ran seventh in the Holy Bull, which was on dirt. So uh, that's a concern. Um, doesn't mean he can't, you know, do something in this race, but I'm not going to bet him. Uh, Pioneer Medina, 11 horse. Uh, don't like him because I just don't think he's talented as the other um, horses in the race right now. He hasn't won against Stakes Company. Uh, I don't like number 14, Barber Road. That's another closer. I just think that's too much to ask, especially for a horse that's gotten into a lot of trouble. Um, in the past, in some of his races, um, I don't like Classic Causeway, 17 horse. He actually was training just fine to the Florida Derby. He finished last. There's really no explanation for it. Uh, they pulled him off the Derby trail and the trainer changed his mind. Could bounce back, but I'm not willing to take that chance. Um, Tawny Port, the eight hundred. It's a lot of horses I've tossed. Uh, this it's, good. Field. it's good. Elimination uh, is a great thing here. I eliminated Tawny Port. That's the 18th horse. He was the last one I eliminated, and I probably did it because I had too much horses, too many horses that I was kind of being wishy-washy about. So you got to start taking them off. Um, he has been good on synthetics. He did get into the Derby with a win in the Lexington, which is a dirt race, but it's just not enough for me. I just don't think right now he's as good as the other ones. Um then the last one that I eliminated is, I mean, here we're talking about uh, how, you know, some of these horses should be more than 30 to 1. Arethial Road, he is trained by Hall of Fame trainer B. Wayne Lucas. Uh, 
and Lucas has a reputation of, you know, if the owners want to go to the race, he's going to get him in the race, especially at this stage in his career. Like, what does he have to lose? He's, he's won, he's won it all. So it doesn't really matter, but he is just not a horse that has impressed me. 20 posts, which doesn't help the last horse to win or even hit the board from the 20 posts was big Brown in 2008. So um, if y'all followed that, I just eliminated half the field. Uh, this is also going to be on the athletics. So if you've forgotten everything I've said, um, you can read it in color coded chart form. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to do it. Uh, I can run it down for you. It's the, the horses two, four, five, eight, nine, eleven, fourteen, seventeen, eighteen, and twenty are all horses that we are tossing here on best on the board. So that leaves a, a fair number of uh, twenty to one horses that are still in the mix here. Uh, horses that we could see ending up on the board. And so as we think about spicing up. Uh, some of our exotics, we're looking at exactas, tries, supers. Uh, which of these horses uh, that have some of the, the longest shot odds, at least on the morning line, really these 20 to 1 horses, are you going to be putting into those those tries and supers to uh, juice up the payments? Well, I think a very interesting horse is Crown Pride. That is the horse that um, won the UAE Derby. Uh, he's a stalker, which means he's going to kind of sit off the pace. Typically, I don't like to bet international shippers uh, just because, you know, there have been some horses that shipped in from Japan. Um, Churchill Downs and the Derby are really trying to kind of make it more of an international race. Uh, but I think the best they've done so far is seventh. I might be wrong. Uh, they had Lonnie a few years ago, who was just kind of, he was kind of crazy. Um, uh, fun, one of the funniest horses I've ever watched, just those ridiculous antics. I think he plays tonight. I think Crown Pride has a much better shot. Um, I would not bet him to win, but I think he's interesting. The problem is, you know, when I'm handicapping, not only do I do my own handicapping, I go look at, you know, what the experts are saying and what, who's on the backstretch and, and watching these horses. And there's a lot of buzz about this horse who's kind of unusual in that he um, – I'm trying to think of how to say this for people that don't follow horse racing. He has a lot of works. A work is when, you know, this horse is being asked to run almost as fast as usually a horse only works once every seven to 10 days. Um, you know, typically they're out there galloping or whatnot. He's worked like twice in the last week. Like they just trained them differently, but he's looked really good. So I can see this long shot horse, all of a sudden being bet down and then it's kind of, I guess, loses the appeal. So we'll see what his odds are on Derby day, but that's just one really unique, interesting horse. Um, simplification is a horse I'm going to throw in there. You know, I don't necessarily like that he's won or run every race of his career at Gulfstream park in Florida, but I do think, you know, he's done a lot of really good things. Uh, and then I like, I like Zozo's, um, and I'm kind of contradicting myself because this is a really lightly raced and experienced horse. Uh, he's a late bloomer. He didn't race at two, but he did race second in the Louisiana Derby. I think he's an improving horse. I think he's kind of intriguing. Again, I don't know if I have enough of a conviction to say he's going to win, but I think he's talented enough to, to be around there. And then we already mentioned Mo Donegal. I don't mm -hmm. know if he's considered a long shot. I don't have his odds in front of me. Um, 10 to 1 I on the morning line. 10 to 1. Okay. Um, his, the post position is going to, I would throw him in probably exact as tries. I mean, it just depends on what that one position does to him. Um, yeah. 
if he wins, then you're looking at an extremely talented horse because that is asking a lot. Yeah, it'd be it would be would love to see what the odds looked like. Yeah, just, you know, we're not going to get it, but it's like what his odds would be if he were in the middle of the field rather than uh, pinned up against the rail in that one spot. Um, all right, Kat, let's uh, let's wrap things up here. Uh, what are the picks? What are your uh, what are your final picks here that we're also going to be able to see in writing on the Athletic? Well, I, I wish that I could sit here and give you some secret twenty to one shot, but the more <laughs> I circle back and, and look at all the horses, the more I like Epicenter. And, you know, that's yeah. he's going to be the first or second choice, and that's unfortunate uh, in terms of betting. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the Derby often offers a really attractive um, a, attractive bets on favorites because sometimes you can get, you know, five to one on a favor or whatnot and things you wouldn't really see in other races because the amount of money that's not only put in the Derby – the amount of inexperienced people that are betting the Derby, you know, just just to be a part of it. And and that's a, that's a great thing. I'm making it sound like it's a bad thing. It's a, it's a great thing, not only for batters, but because people can kind of jump in and have a good time. And then underneath, as I said, you know, maybe epicenter over like a Mo Donegal or or crown pride in the third spots, um, simplification in the second or third spot. And then Zozos is a horse I think uh, could be around too. So I'm putting Epicenter on top, and then, you know, you kind of pick and choose who you like from the the, rest, the best of the rest uh, on the 20-horse field. 20-horse board is going to be a hell of a race coming our way in just about 48 hours from the time that we are recording this episode of Best on the Board. And that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. So, Kat, thanks so much for being with us, and thanks to all of you for being with us as well. For Kat Terrell, I am Michael Beller. We say good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.